Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us as uh, we continue to talk about uh, many things in the Catholic uh, world and the Catholic faith. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Josh, welcome. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Hi. Matt, welcome. Uh, it's Holy Week. We are in the middle of uh, Holy Week, so it began this past Sunday with Palm Sunday. And of course, uh, Holy Week is the holiest week of the year. Mm-hmm. We're going through the final events of, of the life of Jesus. And um, it's I, I it's really special for me. Like, I, it's really, um, it's, it's the one week of the year where, like, uh, I, I'm really moved by the sacredness of, of the week, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, on Palm Sunday, actually, so this year we're in the uh, liturgical cycle of the year A, so we're reading from the Gospel of Matthew. So the Passion reading we did this past week for Palm Sunday was, for the pas- was from the Gospel of Matthew. Every time I read the Passion reading, I get... Uh, a little emotional, yeah, <laughs> you know, and not like you know weeping or whatever. No, no, no. But you, it, you it's feel like it. You feel it. Yeah. You, you like, you know, we've been on this journey for almost forty days of Lent, and now it's like culminating, and you see what Jesus had to walk, what what had to endure, mm-hmm. and Palm Sunday especially, I would say, uh, sort of elicits that because. The, the crowds are so excited mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. They're like, whoa, Jesus is here. You know, they're just so excited and they're welcoming him and they're, and they're waving palms and they're saying Hosanna. And it's like this really beautiful scene. Like if, if we were just to read that scene of yeah. Palm Sunday in isolation, we'd be yeah. like, wow, what a, what a welcome. Yeah. You know? I think yeah. it's kind of cool that they, that this is the first time, I mean, Holy Week in general starts and ends kind of, I mean, if we, if we exclude Easter, Easter's a whole other season, if you will, you know, but yeah. the, the Palm Sunday to Good Friday, he comes in, Riding on a donkey, um, and uh, being praised, Hosanna, you know all that yeah. stuff. And but he leaves kind of on the complete opposite end of the scale, exactly. as, as a criminal, as a as a that. But the before that, like Palm Sunday specifically, kind of cool. He comes in, he enters into the world. I'm gonna say riding a donkey, <laughs> not like like he, he Mary rides a donkey into. Um, Bethlehem, and 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 you know that's the mode of transportation. But then Jesus rides a donkey into Jerusalem. It's kind of got yeah. some bookend, if you will, you know, but of ministry, tying it in. And he and he rides in a poor man, a poor carpenter's son, if you will, and then and rides out. I mean, rides into Jerusalem as a king, hailed yeah. as a king, Hosanna, you know, and uh, praise to God, like praise to the Lord yeah. or to him. Yeah. To what you said, like that, uh, again, if, if we read these in isolation or as like part of just a, like a, a study or a reflection or something, we'll get just that little verse, but like the whole passion narrative, like read all together, you get a lot of those, yeah. those symmetries. Um, um, and one of the things you actually made a point of mentioning in your homily that was, I, I thought was great. There's like, that it's the same group of people that it's not just, you know, this group of people yeah. were, were heralding him as a king and, like, were happy that, like, and they were laying the palms down. And then, you know, uh, that, um, you know, a whole other group of people were shouting crucified. Like, no, this is the same group of people caught up in two complete different attitudes or different, um, um, and, um, you know, in the uh, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, they actually do a really good job of that because when he's actually being driven to uh, 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 cavalry, um, there's a flashback 
too. Like there's yeah. like a momentary flashback to that's like right. Him. The Hosanna. Yeah, 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 in, yeah. in 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 awesome. I was gonna say something about the the donkey though, because um like yeah. like we think um or like kind of historically, um you know he he um he got the colt, the foal of a donkey, and um you know somebody <laughs> just lent it to them um, on spec because um, Jesus said the master needs the master it. Needs yeah. It. Um, um, but like in that time, um, only kings would have ridden donkey like to ride a king was like or to ride a king to ride a donkey was was an incredible like status symbol like you that you had a mount that you could like you didn't walk yourself um that and like we have the um like the traditional image of mary um riding a donkey um but you know historically it would it would be very unlikely that that Jesus and Mary would would have had a donkey or would have yeah. whatever like it makes for a good kind of nativity um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, picture but like uh, donkeys were the you know the, the choice ride of kings well actually at the same time Joseph was in line of the kings oh, yeah. Yeah. and so maybe there's something yeah, yeah. there right? we don't know yeah. that's just something like because Joseph was in the line of King David mm-hmm. and that's how we know and so like to have a little tie there too mm-hmm. and maybe and maybe that was you know if we go back to the the readings maybe that was part of where the symmetry comes yeah, in too is, is showing that where that tradition comes from com- yeah. yeah tradition comes from is is the kingly welcoming in of mary and joseph and the king yeah so that's kind of cool yeah and and really palm sunday is the beginning of holy week but it does set the tone for what's about to mm-hmm. come yeah hey? like it, it really because it, like even in our liturgies you know we start mass with sort of a procession of palms there's a blessing of palms and yeah. uh, you can some churches go through the streets some go through the building some go through the actual church whatever it might be and then you have to sit and listen to the passion story reflect mm-hmm. on the passion story and, and the death of jesus so you, you, really the emotion of holy week is expressed in this mm-hmm. in this liturgy yeah so now we're moving on to you know palm sunday starts holy thursday or holy, holy week and really holy monday tuesday and wednesday are relatively quiet days uh in the, in the life of the church but then we get to holy thursday and uh this is the night that jesus gathers his friends into the upper room Right, and if if people haven't heard the story before, if people don't know like what exactly happened uh, that at that moment, like what what would be the most significant things that we can share with people that happened on this night? Because lots lots does happen in this evening, right? This evening that Jesus kind of brings, kind of dines with his friends, yeah. but it doesn't end there at, at at the supper, right? So. What are some of the significant things that we can say about Holy Thursday night that we celebrate during Holy Week? I, I can say that it, it takes on an entirely different significance for me now than in my earlier kind of Christian life. Mm. That it's like that, because um, you have the, the, the promise of, of the Eucharist or like the, the, the prefiguration of the Eucharist in uh, John, John chapter 6. Um, but that you know this is the actual institution this is the formalization of like this is this is what he meant when he said like you know however long ago that was like time-wise for the disciples or like what does it mean that we're going to eat his flesh and drink his blood and he actually presents to them so like um entering into kind of the sacramental view um of catholicism like that that all clicked for me or like the significance of holy thursday that significance of instituting the eucharist because before then, it was yeah, it was just presented to me as as a symbol, as you know, mm-hmm. this is something we do in in remembrance of that time. That like no, this is actually him giving himself. 
that it's like you you have like the events that follow of him actually giving himself for the sake of the whole world um but like you have that expressed in in its fullness in in the giving of the eucharist to to the first apostles so yeah i think i think it's kind of cool to to imagine yourself as one of the apostles in that room um in in that time you have seen jesus do miracles you've seen him provide uh, thousands of loaves to the uh, thousands of fish and loaves to people from two two fish three loaves five loaves whatever it was you you saw him heal blind people um you uh, people that were possessed you, you you saw all these miracles happen in front of you so when jesus said this is my body you go whoa mm-hmm. okay like this you don't question the what it looks like bread <laughs> right like it's it's kind of like okay i don't quite understand it but my whole last three years with this guy, I haven't quite understand some things and they always come out at the end. Like, give it some time, This we'll figure this out, you know? I think that's kind of the step of faith that the apostles mm-hmm. probably had at the time. And so, um, not only that, there's so there's two things that really step out for me. One is to put yourself in the place of the apostles at that. And the second part is put yourself in the place of Judas watching what's going to happen. I don't know, we don't really know, was... Judas doesn't know that they were necessarily going to kill him, right? I, I don't know that that we know necessarily whether that was the case. Is that because I mean, from my understanding, and this is this is me thinking about it, but maybe the words are specific. I think we accused Judas of knowing that he was going to kill him, uh, but he was handing them over. He was handing Jesus over his location at a time where they could jump Jesus when Jesus wasn't with the crowds. They're paying him thirty pieces of silver, which was a substantial sum. But Judas is sitting there. And Jesus says, go do what you must. Mm-hmm. Like That was really like in that line in yeah. the Matthew's passion this past Sunday was really something, you know, like Judas comes to him and uh, he's, he, and Jesus response was friend, do what you're here to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah. like I, I was thinking about that, like, you know, just, just get on with it sort of thing. Yeah. Cause in a sense, I picture it like Judas has been a little dramatic. Like, you know, the one I'm going to kiss, yeah. he's yeah. the one. So he comes in, he's like, hail rabbi. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, he's making obvious, like, this is the one. That's in my mind, I sort of see yeah. it. And Jesus is kind of just like, let's get on with it. Like, yeah. do what you're here to yeah. do. You've made up your mind. Do it. Um, but in the uh, Gospel for Holy Thursday, we're going to read from uh, the Gospel of John. And uh, it does say the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, yeah. son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. Okay, so we know that. But funny, in the, in the that's John's yeah, betray, gospel that yeah. we read from Holy Thursday, because that's when the betrayal takes place. But in, the, in Matthew's Passion that we read this past Sunday for Palm Sunday, it says, when Judas the betrayer saw that Jesus was condemned... He repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the yeah. elders. So maybe you're right. Maybe he it didn't. Maybe I think, didn't I think, think he knew he was going to betray gonna go him. That, I th- that far. I think, I think like he's probably going to go go get beaten sure. up. I'm going to get a little bit of money on the side of this. And like, I don't know that he knew that he, they were going to condemn him to death. I don't know. And maybe he did. I mean, from, from his tradition and from how he grew up and how he knew that maybe the Pharisees were looking at this. I mean, maybe that was the only foregone conclusion when you're looking at all the facts but judas sitting there watches one of the lines in there is um and i noticed it at mass a couple weeks ago i think i told you is when they were uh so after they had done um 
the Eucharist thing at the Last Supper, and Jesus, or right before that, Jesus reclined with his 12 mm-hmm. apostles. Mm-hmm. To me, that word recline stood out because what, when do you recline? Well, that's normally like you've done what you have to do. Last, just enjoy each other's company, you know? To watch J- Judas watching Jesus do that at the same time, Jesus knowing what Judas is about to do, mm-hmm. like all that kind of, like that whole thing flowing all together. Um, Jesus knows kind of what's going on, but he decides he's just going to, we're going to enjoy this time together, this last time together, if you will, right? Like, let's just kind of recline and enjoy each other's company. And so he's just kind of like lean back on your pillows, have a chat, enjoy. It is a good point. You know, like uh, the work, it's a, the devil had put it in the heart of Judas to betray him, right? And even though that's going on in the background, like, yeah. you know, you picture like side scenes in a movie or yeah. something like that. Uh, you're right. It, it doesn't interrupt Jesus' plan, right? No. He's just like, he's still... He institutes the Eucharist. He's calm. He's moving towards what... Things are in place right now that can't be undone. I mean, unless Jesus... And we we hear about this later on in the Garden of Olives. Like, he could call a myriad of angels down to kind of stop things from going on if he wanted to. But that's not going to be what happens. And so, things are in place now. Like... We've we've started the roller coaster, if you will. You're going up the tick 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 of the roller coaster, and you're about to like head over the deep end. Um, that's where we're at in Holy Thursday, right? And so I love that we get the mass part, and then they go to the Garden of Olives. To me, the Garden of Olives kind of signifies, hey, we're gonna go for an evening stroll. Like, yeah. do they just hang out in the Garden of Olives? Oh, we're gonna yeah. go hang out in like it's a beautiful night. Let's just go hang out together <clears throat> in the Garden of Olives. That's right. And re- and remember one thing that's very significant about uh, Holy Thursday, uh, you know, the Last Supper, is that uh, Jesus washed the feet. Ooh, yeah, of we forgot about the that. apostles, right? And uh, so, and and the scene, like, so that's the gospel that we're, yeah. we really read on on Holy Thursday from 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 John chapter thirteen. Um, it says, you know, Jesus takes out the outer robe and he gets a towel and he starts to wash the feet. And then there's this dialogue between Peter and him. Hey, oh, yeah. you will never wash my feet or whatever yeah. it might be, you know. And it's like, well, uh, unless I wash you, you have no share yeah. uh, with in me. the kingdom. But what what is what is the most uh, what stands out for me is the question like do you know what I have done for you? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's yeah. that's what he says. Yeah. Then do you know what I have done for you? And then he says, "You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am." So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Mm-hmm. And that's where the gospel ends for that night, for, that for, night. For, for Holy Thursday night. But this like washing of the feet, yeah. this the significance of it, I think. Um, in, in, in politics now, it is about uh, serve, like the person with the most power holds the authority, holds that, and they're the person to be served. Watching a couple of like videos and TV shows and everything else, the person that ha- holds the power, they're the ones that have all like the uh, butler and they have the servants and then the maids and the butlers and all that kind of stuff. And they're, and they're the one that are served. Basically, all my needs are met as king of the castle, if you will. Jesus, one of his last acts other than the passion is to get down on his hand, like to bring himself back to where he was when he first came into the world in Bethlehem, like laid in a manger as a lowly servant of the people, if you will, like, and bring it back into, I'm, I'm the greatest among you by serving you, Mm -hmm. not by 
demanding service, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And it really kind of puts into place. I like. I think I I mentioned this before, but uh, with priests and our bishops and those people that lead the church, people always well, while they have authority, they have power, and and. Uh, granted, some people might see it that way, and some people may hold them to that authority. But really, it's a servant of the people. So the priest is the one that gets up in the middle of the night and goes and sees the sick person in the hospital, or is called to the deathbed, or called whatever the case may be. Like that's giving your life in service mm-hmm. to the church and to the people. And so when you're, I, I love that example of Jesus washing the feet, and I love that priests and bishops and the pope on Holy Thursday, mm-hmm. get down to show that example still, to show the service that really is behind the vocation of holy orders, you know, uh, to, to the people. It is it is a, a really neat part in the liturgy of Holy Thursday, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you think, like, you know, <laughs> we're there to celebrate Mass, mm-hmm. right? And then here in the middle of Mass, just mm-hmm. like Jesus did, Jesus presented the Eucharist, like gave the Eucharist his, his body and blood for the first time. Uh, you know, washing the feet is part of our celebration, celebration of the mass that night, which on the outside looking in might say like, what are we doing here? We mm-hmm. just heard the scripture. Uh, we're about to celebrate the Eucharist. Now people are taking their shoes and their socks off <laughs> in the middle of the church. How How is this pre- normal? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But there it is. Sometimes I think service to our brothers and sisters is doesn't always come naturally. No. Yeah. Right. And Jesus leaves this impression and this teaching with his apostles like mm-hmm. look do you understand do you understand what i've done for you yeah we're jumping all over the the gospel readings here but i just want to kind of if anybody wanted to kind of follow along the story if you don't know the story of the passion just maybe your first time listener maybe you're somebody who doesn't necessarily follow the gospel it's matthew 26 and 27 are some of the big ones that we're talking about here so look at matthew chapter 26 and 27 and john we're looking at uh, the chapter, do you know? The Passion? Yeah. The Passion reading? Of John? It's 18. 18. Yeah. So those are the places. 18 and 19. So yeah. go look them up on the internet if you need to to follow along because we're jumping over. Basically, Jesus, though, they come in, they find the upper room right before supper. Jesus gets down on his hands and knees and starts washing yeah. their feet. The apostles have no idea what really what's going on. He teaches them a lesson through that. And then he institutes the Eucharist. And then he goes to the Garden of Allah. Like, and, yeah. and, then, and then Judas leaves. And then he goes, to, or Judas leaves, and then he goes institutes the Eucharist, and then he goes, they go to the Garden of Olives afterwards to pray. That's kind of the line. We kind of jumped all over the yeah, time. I know. But. We kind of can't help jumping all over the no. place because this is like, and this is what Holy Week is. That yeah. This is really, really focusing in on those moments where, um, you know, Jesus was revealing to the disciples, like, what he'd been doing all along. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have the benefit of hindsight, and it's like, we have this theology of, like, this is the life mm-hmm. of Jesus, this is the timeline, this is the roadmap. He didn't give the disciples a roadmap. <laughs> no, but, but like, a, yeah. a, a lot of the teachings that he had given, you know, previously, like, like I said about kind of the Eucharist, like, between John chapter 6 and now, they're like, oh, this is a relief. He's not talking about cannibalism. Yeah. Or, like, something like this. There's like, this is what he meant by that thing he said a year and a half ago. Yeah. Or this that he's revealing like kind of the this is the this is the full picture um but even even the washing of the feet like we just uh um we met with our rcia candidate we were talking about these kind of problems of like clericalism and yeah. like uh, perceptions of authority in the church um and like even even when jesus says um you know uh among the disciples they shouldn't dispute over you know who's the greatest who's the who's the authority who's you know higher or lower than the other like this is how the world thinks and it's like exactly the discussion that we had about uh clericalism on the on the, on the podcast too um that you know but he's revealing he's like i'm, I'm not just going to tell you i'm not just giving you a theology i'm going to show you what this means he gets and down he on his hands humbles and knees. himself yeah. he gets down and shows like gives them Washes an example of service to follow 
Yeah. You got to remember too, like this is a time where they don't have socks on. Like those feet are, yeah. they, have you ever walked on grass all day when you were a kid and your feet are black, black, yeah. black tar? Like that's, that's what, that's what this are, right? They've got sandals. They got like, they, this isn't a fun thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, the water is dirty. Let's just say. <laughs> so, so let's move to the garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. So, uh, in the garden, like, yes. Now one of the, the, uh, passion story of Matthew uh, that we read again this past Sunday on Palm Sunday. It says, after they had sung the hymn, mm-hmm. after they had mm-hmm. sung the hymn, so they were finished dinner, they sung the hymn. Uh, then the, yeah. they, it says, when they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus warns them. He says, you will become deserters. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to leave me. Yeah, yeah you're going to leave me. And of course, uh, this is the famous, you know, Peter right away is like, no, yeah. I would never... Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jesus says, you know, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. And, you know, there's that great scene in the Passion of the mm-hmm. Christ yeah, of where course. they make eye contact after Peter denies yeah. him three times, three times you know. Uh, so they're in the garden. I love this scene because it reminds me a lot about how we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Jesus asks us to do something and we just don't do it. Like, won't you stay awake? And again, going back to the passion from Matthew that we read, yep. like Jesus even says to them, like, I am deeply grieved. <laughs> yeah. This is a even big... to death. He yeah. says, I am deeply grieved even to death. Um, will you stay here and pray with me? Will yeah. you stay here and watch with me? And he goes over there and he prays and he wakes up to or he realizes that they're still sleeping st- still sleeping you yeah. know uh, he uh, he realizes they're sleeping so he goes over to them and says like hey can't you stay awake with me and and and, and pray and then he goes back and they're they're falling asleep again and it's just like how we are like jesus tells us to do something leads us somewhere and we're asleep at the wheel you know we're just like we're not listening we're still uh burdened maybe by their heavy it says the gospel says that they had heavy eyes and all these things but then after like while they're sleeping jesus has this pretty like intense moment where he's like you know if 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 this cup can pass from me then take it but if not then your will mm-hmm. be done. And and Matthew says he does this three times. Like, yeah. you know, your will yeah. be done, your will be done. And then it, when he gets up, it says, like, Jesus goes over there, wakes them up, yeah. and says, my betrayer is at hand. And I always think, like, what were, what is going on in their mind? They wake up. There's Jesus. Jesus told them to stay awake. They wake up now. There's people coming. The gospel says with clubs and swords torches and, and stuff yeah. and torches. And you know, if you've ever been outside, you see a crowd. You you hear rustling happening. You hear a crowd coming, but before mm-hmm. and these guys were asleep. Let's think about the logistics here too, because I mean, one one thing that comes to mind when you were saying that, a couple of times my wife has come in to the bedroom when I'm sleeping and had conversations with me because, okay, Josh, I need, you know, and she has an answer question or something and she asks me a question. I have no recollection of it. So apparently I've had whole conversations with her. And so, so I can imagine the apostles not understanding what's going on um, to this point, just like, okay, Jesus is doing his thing. Like Jesus is being serious about something or whatever and they're falling asleep. And then they wake, he wakes them up and like, oh yeah, okay, okay. And then slowly go back to sleep again. And then you drift off. Um, but, but like you said, th- from the outside perspective, these are people that are coming to arrest Jesus. 
and he has 12 full-grown men with him. Yeah. Full-grown men that have been with him by his side yeah. haven't left for ages, years. They're coming with clubs and torches yeah. for a reason. They're com- they're coming for a fight. You're not going to you're like I think if the police were coming at one time, they're not thinking that they're going to be able to pick up one guy out of the 12 of them. What they tried to do though, why did they go to the garden? Why did they go why did they hire Judas if you will? Was because they couldn't arrest him when he was coming in with thousands of people crying Hosanna. Yeah. They couldn't arrest him when he was in the temple because thousands of people were coming to him there. They had to arrest him when he was by himself, away from the crowds, away from everything. Yeah. But they still had to deal with the 12 apostles. And I think this is the part that really gets me. I think the apostles really actually had were honest and serious when they said, no, no, I'm never going to run from you. Like when Peter said that, I think he's thinking he's honest, right? Uh, this is the case. But the part that they scatter for me yeah. is when uh, it just says an apostle. I don't know if another gospel says Peter. I think the belief uh, yeah, is in, Peter. In John. It says Peter? It specifies Peter. Yeah. And so pulls out a sword, cuts off the ear. And then Jesus is like, no. It, don't you know that if I wanted to, I could call a thousand, a myriad of angels, I believe the words is, yeah. and, and save me from this. Yeah. But no, can you imagine Peter being like, "See Jesus, I told you, like we're we're yeah. gonna fight and we're gonna," and then all of a sudden Jesus is like, "No, we're we're gonna be arrested," and that's when Peter's like, "Oh, this doesn't make sense to me," and then scatters, you know? Yeah, and like that, like it doesn't make sense to me, or like that it's yeah. that it's like piecing together. Jesus was the one who told them to have a sword. Yeah, like and, and like in yeah. the first place, and then like just just a few moments ago, he's saying, "Okay, the the spirit is willing, but the body is weak." And Peter's yeah. like, "I'll show you a weak body," or like yeah. you yeah. know, <laughs> like being called into action. And it's just like moment after moment for Jesus to like really clarify what he means. It's just like this is not this is not a military kingdom. This is not a whatever. And he heals the ear, like that. Yeah. It's um, that it's like another opportunity for the glory of God to be shown. By Jesus, like really, really giving, uh, putting a fine point on it, like actually, yeah, um, yeah um, giving the disciples before he leaves them, you know, an expectation of like this is this is what I expect of you. This yeah. is, yeah, this a is what my real looks like. example yeah. of of kind of what's going on. And I think there too, that's the ultimate test of faith. Yeah. They they already know what's kind of going on there. And that's why they scatter, right? Is mm-hmm. is I think they I think they're fighting until Jesus says no, right? I mean, I'm not all of them. Maybe maybe some of them start to scatter. Like if you wake up in the middle of the night and there's a bunch of people with clubs and torches and pitchforks or whatever the case yeah. may be, and you're half asleep, and you're half asleep, yeah. some people are going to run. Like we have no idea what's going on. This is a mean crowd. We get we better get out of here. That could happen. But the people that stayed and fought, Jesus is like, no, don't. I'm mm-hmm. in control here, and I'm doing this on purpose. And the whole mindset there is. God's always in control. God, God has God has you in the palm of His hands, and if He wants this to happen, it's going to happen. Your one little sword ain't going to do nothing. You know what I mean? I I, I have at my command a thousand, a myriads of angels, if you will. So doing all that sends the apostles away, scattering at that point. I think they're scared, they're frightened, they're not understanding. At the same time, the the, the guards aren't trying to arrest them. Mm-hmm. Right, they're trying right. to arrest Jesus because Jesus is the one that. So they're not trying to bring in all the apostles because that's just a big, you know, can of uh, something. But like they, they're they're grabbing specifically Jesus because he's the they want to cut the head off the snake, um, and they bring him in. So kind of a cool dynamic there of mm-hmm. they let Peter get away. They're not going after him, but he yeah. runs away, and but he can only feel that he didn't stand there yeah. and be like, well, then arrest me too, right? And that's and that's probably what. Jesus, not that Jesus was looking for that by any means. I think he knew what was going to happen. But if Peter was not to be, to rebuke the name of, not uh, to um, 
deny Jesus three times, mm-hmm. it would be him standing there going, go for it. Arrest me, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, and we give we give Peter a hard time. Yeah, and it's like, oh, and and this this section of the gospel kind of gives Peter a hard time. But like looking at it from like, it seems like he he can't do anything right. Even like the the washing his feet look, okay, then wash my head, and we're like, you don't get it, or like, (laughs) or like, um, but you know, the the rest of the disciples flee. Peter at least sticks around. Yeah, that it's like he's he's watching. He's close by. Yep. Yeah, actually, like when, that he could when be accused. he's being denied. Yeah. But like, and also like the fact that, you know, right before that, um, um, uh, Jesus uh, says to Peter, like, um, uh, I call you Peter and, yeah. and you'll be there. Um, that, you know, him giving him this like, fine, he's like, you're up for it. Like, it's, and I think of like, like my oldest son, yeah. that it's like, it could seem like I give him a hard time about stuff or like yeah. that I'm, that I'm maybe harder on him than the other, yeah, or, yeah, like, I know what you mean. but like I, I engage him to the level that he's capable. Exactly. That he's like, I don't just, but like, and it seems like Jesus is doing this to Peter. It's like, yeah. if I'm preparing you to lead my church, it's like, you need to get this. Like, these are really important things for you to understand. So like, yeah. well, well, it seems like, yeah, Peter's he, getting a bit of a hard time here. It's like, no, he's like preparing him for. He's he's also. I love Peter all through yeah, the yeah, Gospels. Yeah. He's he's my impulsive. Like he's the one that stands out to me. That's the apostle I want to be. Not yeah. because he gets the church, but because of his impulse. Right? <laughs> it's it's just like, okay, then do it. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. do it. Like like yeah. we're I'm a hundred and ten percent in. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's none of this back and down. And yeah. that's kind of what we see here. Like Peter jumping forward. The yeah. other part where you see it. I mean, you see it a couple different places. Like you said, wash yeah. my hands, wash my feet. Like wash my whole yeah, body yeah. and don't just wash my feet. Um, the other part is where after on in the resurrection yeah. where Peter realizes it's Jesus and he jumps off butt naked off the boat. And it says yeah. that in the gospel. He puts on his clothes and then he jumps. He, he puts on yeah, his, because yeah, he, no, he was naked. Because he was naked. Yeah. 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 Like, but he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, Oh, oh I gotta go. Like, I gotta yeah. see, you know, he jumps off. He's he like, even wait for the boat he, to dock. No, he yeah. just kind of goes and, and he goes like, that's the passion behind Jesus, uh, behind Peter's relationship with Jesus, which I love. Like just like 110%, yeah. no backing down zero to 60, yeah, yeah. you know? So, so let's uh, move from the Garden of Gethsemane. Now they arrest Jesus, and uh, just before he's crucified, there's this scene where uh, people are given an option. It's like, we can release Jesus, who is the Christ, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, you know, or we can release Barabbas, mm-hmm. the murderer. And uh, the crowds, they choose Barabbas. And uh, this is another thing that sort of gets me every time because I don't think the people really wanted to release Barabbas. Like, I don't think they really, it it, it, it certainly wasn't because they liked Barabbas. No, yeah. It was because that they didn't want Jesus, right? Yeah. And and so there's this, again, people like for today in our lives, like we choose other things, other Mm -hmm. people over Jesus. Um, and Jesus is condemned. So they make him walk through this this path. He's carrying a cross. He's crucified. So he nails in the feet, nails yeah. in the hand. He's lifted up on the cross, and there he dies. His, his, according to the Gospel of John, the last words he says is, it is finished. Mm-hmm. And he gives up, uh, he bows his head, and he gives up his spirit. And this seemingly is like the end of the road for Jesus. So you you have people who are um, on both sides. Mm-hmm. You have Mary and John. We know Mary and John are there at, at the uh, crucifixion. And uh, so there's this great sadness there. Yeah. And then you have the people who put Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. they're not sad at all. Like they're like, whew, this guy's dead. Yeah. Like we've accomplished what we've come to do, right? So you got again this mixed bag of emotions that are going on there. There's right? a there's a line when Pilate says, okay, uh, so it says, let him be crucified. And Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all mm-hmm. when he offered, like, what am I going to do with Jesus? Let him be crucified. He, he realized he's not quite calling these the the crowd like he's not he's not calming them down at all and and that uh, says but that a riot was breaking out instead so he took water washed his hands in the sight of the crowd saying i i am an innocent of this man's blood look to it yourselves and the whole people said in reply here's the thing the people that were there weren't just the jewish people the people there he like when Pilate spoke everybody like Pilate was a famous guy everybody was around everybody wanted to be around when Pilate came in the crowd right and so these are the politicians these are all like Greeks Romans whatever they're all in this area and Pilate's starting to speak and so he says I am innocent of this man's blood look to it yourselves and the whole people said in reply his blood be upon us and on our children I mean, it's an, a little bit of ironic because we're washing the blood of the lamb, right? That's a whole other thing. But his blood be on us, meaning everyone. It wasn't just the the Pharisees that mm-hmm. took responsibility for this. It was everyone in the crowd. And, and in, in an example of the whole entire world took on this debt, took on this mm-hmm. idea of killing this man, uh, killing the son of God. And so it wasn't designed to one person specifically, but it was the whole entire world, everybody that was there gathered at Pilate, you know, which is kind of an interesting, um, this is where we have that, mm-hmm. where Jesus saved us because he did it for everybody that was there. Was, you know, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Even the ones who put him there. Even yeah. the ones that put him yeah. there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love that Father, forgive them for they know not yeah. what they do. Like, can you imagine if, if you're if you're standing there, you're seeing this guy, the other part that we kind of skipped over, but I know that we're running out of time, is the scourging. Yeah. And just... Uh, the Passion of the Christ has an awesome scourging scene. It's it's, it's very hard to watch. It's very gruesome. Um, and awesome and awful are etymologically the same word. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. It's, it, and that's and that's like it's it's amazing to realize just that he really was scourged yeah. to the point of like an inch of his life. That's that's basically to to the point. And then he was made to go through the torture of carrying the cross. So he had like two death sentences almost. Mm-hmm. Back to back, yeah, and uh, historically, that that wouldn't have happened, or like, no, uh, yeah. or like, well, uh, 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 G- Jesus was exceptional um, in that case, and I've always found like without without absolving Pilate because I, I think yeah. that's very difficult to do. I, uh, like a really really interesting character in the Gospels, that like the that for yeah he wasn't succeeding with the people. How often he's trying to like that like he, recognizing the mob mentality and yeah. that um, this is just a peop- a group of people caught up in something. Yeah. Um, and that like, so this, I'm going to beat him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, then, I'll send him to be flogged. That'll be enough. And then yeah. he'll be like released. Like, um, that scourging, they called scourging the half death. Yeah. Like that. And a lot of times people would, would die from die, infection yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. as a result of it. So like the, the combination of someone who was scourged and then crucified was just, it, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't be kind of a common practice, but that, you know, he scourged as, as a means to kind of get Jesus out of this. Yeah. Um, but then they still shouted louder, crucify. And then, crucify. and then the other part that I really enjoy about that is because because of the scourging and because of the crucifixion. Then, when they come around, they break all the soldiers' knees, right? So they come around, they break the legs mm-hmm. of the soldiers so that they can't breathe anymore. They can't pull themselves up. The, the bandits. The bandits. Yeah. yeah. So they, well, anybody who's crucified. So they're trying to like, let's get this going. If you're hanging on the cross and you're pulling up, you got to think every time you try to breathe, you got to mm-hmm. pull your whole body weight up. 
and then try to take a deep breath and then you go down and you pretty much suffocate a little bit like you, you, you can, you're holding your breath because your your chest muscles can't actually breathe in oxygen and so when you pull yourself up and then you breathe well they come so they break your legs so that you can't breathe anymore basically is what it is and you're just so gonna slowly die um, Romans were experts at this kind of crucifixion stuff and so when they came up to Jesus and it talks about this in the gospel he was already dead they realized he was already dead so what did they do they stabbed him with a spear mm-hmm. why is this significant I mean it talked about you know uh, blood and water poured out and all that stuff the significance of this I mean there's a couple of different ways to look at it but the one that I want to point out Jesus's bones were never broken mm-hmm. He was the unblemished lamb, sacrifice. If you go back to the Passover, you go back to what it takes to sacrifice to pure, uh, like what the Jewish people thought to uh, that God promised with um, Moses and the people there. An unblemished lamb, one without sin, Jesus, and one without broken bones. Like Jesus died on the cross, was killed in such a way that he, he, he fits the sacrifice that God, God has used for the Jewish people all the way through till this moment, even on death on the cross. They stab him, and if, if you're thinking about it, they stab him, either he's up high on a cross, it would be go under his rib cage, mm-hmm. there would be no broken bones. Uh, it's, it's, the whole thing goes back to Isaiah, goes back to the Psalms, goes back to the prophets, goes back to all the different words that are used in Matthew and John to explain this. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Then he dies. And, and, even just the veil being torn in two mm-hmm. at that point is showing God tearing down the temple, right? Is take, tearing down that between when Jesus dies, it is done. This separation between God and man is no more. Christ has died. We've torn that veil. We now don't have that separation between the Holy of Holies and man, which is kind of cool. Very cool. And uh, ve- a lot of good stuff to reflect on yeah. this week, you know, like as we're as we're going through Holy Week, uh, because really the end of our Lent journey sort of culminates now. Like Jesus walks towards his his uh, passion, his death, uh, but also the resurrection. So uh, that's it for today's episode. We're going to have to leave it there. But we know that the Jesus story does not end at the crucifixion. So next week we'll uh, go into, because next week we'll celebrate the Easter octave. We celebrate Easter for eight days and we'll talk about uh, the resurrection and uh, some of the resurrection appearance uh, stories uh, as well. But let's pray this week that, you know, we can have compassion for our Lord who uh, who endured these terrible things for us. And so to reflect on our own life and our own choices, uh, you know, are we giving everything back to the Lord like he gave everything for us. That's all the time uh, we have this week. So drop us a line if you want at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. And uh, we hope that your Holy Week uh, will be one that's uh, rich in prayer and that the fruit of your Lenten practices really begins to shine uh, this week in your life. For uh, Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.